When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief. Good morning. Welcome to the All-American Hour with Geordie and the Chief. Great to be with you for another edition of the show. Talking all things American sport, there is live NFL on as we speak, which is a bit unique. We don't normally have that. Uh, We'll get into that in just a second. There's been plenty happening in the world of basketball this week. A bit of controversy over the last couple of days in the NBA and uh, all the off-season happenings as well in baseball as we continue to see the uh, big names start to move around the baseball league. But heaps happening in the world of American sport. And, of course, to join me to talk all about it is the Chief, David Alcaro. Morning, Chief. How are you? you? Oh, very good, Jordy. Uh, Happy to join you. How's your week been? Oh, very good. Uh, Yeah, nice busy week of sports. Had a nice uh, Christmas dinner last night. I'm feeling it a little bit now, but uh, I should be able to get through the the hour. (laughs) From the uh, the week of sport we've had, as we always do off the top of the show, who has been your star of the week? All right, I'm going to be a little bit biased because I'm uh, a New York Giants fan and an Italian-American who uh, grew up in the general North Jersey area, and I'm going to go with Tommy DeVito, uh, the Ended up being the, started the season as the third string quarterback for the New York Giants and has been thrust into a starting role and uh, a huge Monday night win uh, on a you know last minute drive against the Green Bay Packers, a game the New York Giants were big underdogs in and Green Bay certainly in the playoff hunt was uh, expecting to get a win and they had, took a lead late, but uh, Tommy DeVito just a fantastic game uh, uh, with his, both his feet and, and his passing and. Um, the Giants really, you know, at you know, one point in the year, they were the worst team in the league. They were just getting embarrassed on a regular basis. But um, since he's taken over a quarterback, it's become um, a, you know, a much better team. They played some, you know, some easier teams, but Green Bay isn't one of those. And uh, so I'm going to go with Tommy DeVito as my star of the week. Tommy Cutlets. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> and how about the star of the week for, uh, sorry, the, the AFC um, and NFC players offensive players of the week were Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito last week, which so the two New York quarterbacks after the season that uh, each of them and each of their teams have had, I mean, who would have thought they would have been the players of the week for the AFC last week? Oh, the I would think that, yeah, the odds of that would be like virtually impossible. I would think that there's no way anyone going to the week thinks that, that that could happen. But Zach Wilson of the New York Jets, just a fantastic game and a, and a pretty dominant performance over the Houston Texans. And, um, so both New York teams get wins and uh, both quarterbacks uh, looking looking pretty good right now. My star of the week, I've got uh, I've got I'm, I'm going to go something a little bit unique here. I'm going to I'm going the state of Ohio after the the week that they had last week. They had some big winners in the NFL. Firstly, they had uh, the Cincinnati Bengals get a big win over Indianapolis. Which going into that game, I thought that would have been a um, uh, a close game on paper. I thought it was going to be one of the games to mark down as you know, a sneaky good game for the week. And the Bengals ended up winning that one comfortably, 34-14. to 14. And another great showing by, by Jake Browning, which uh, his live 
at the moment as well in overtime against the Vikings, which we'll discuss in a second. Uh, the Cleveland Browns had probably an unexpected win last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, so 31-27 uh, over the Jags, and they've got their season up to 8-5 eight and, eight, eight and five with Joe Flacco at quarterback, and he's going to be starting now for the rest of the season. And then just to sprinkle on top of that, Columbus Crew won the MLS last week as well. So you've got this, you've got three of the major cities in Ohio all getting uh, critical victories last week. Oh, yeah. I know. I like it. And you can throw in the Cleveland Indians. The Major League Baseball team won the uh, Major League Baseball draft lottery, so they'll be drafting first in the MLB draft, the Cleveland Indians. And uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. A crazy game. Uh, Columbus led 5 nothing going into the third period. Toronto scored five goals to tie it, send it to overtime, but Columbus won in overtime, uh, pulling off quite an upset. So, uh, yeah, the city of Ohio across the board. Um, Ohio State basketball, co- uh, college basketball, right now playing UCLA. Um, so Ohio, a, a very uh, unique, a very interesting state. It's, it's basically America as a microcosm. A lot of rural areas, but lots of big cities and three big cities that host pro teams. All right, there are, th- there are three games of NFL today. Uh, which is a little different. They've uh, they've moved the schedule a bit for this week, week 15 of the NFL, and we've got three games uh, this morning. One of them is live at the moment and going into overtime. Minnesota against Cincinnati. Overtime's just started. 24-24, uh, two backup quarterbacks. Jake Browning for the Cincinnati Bengals has been in for a bit, and essentially the third backup for the Vikings this season, Nick Mullins, who has replaced Josh Dobbs, who replaced Kirk Cousins. Um, and it's uh, it's all tied up into overtime. Um both teams are seven and six, so this still means this means a lot for both of these teams with a month left in the regular season. No, absolutely, and it's going to be the the theme of what we're going to be probably talking about in the NFL coming up is the backup quarterbacks and the health of quarterbacks. So, yeah, two backup quarterbacks here. Uh, Minnesota coming off a three nothing win over uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, and now twenty four twenty four. So that's going to be a, a lot. Of also, what we talk about is how crazy the NFL can be from week to week. And, uh, yeah, been a very entertaining game. The Vikings had a 17-3 lead, really had control of this game. Uh, their defense has been playing fantastic, obviously coming off that shutout uh, last week. But uh, Cincinnati was able to, uh, to drive the ball and uh, twice for two touchdowns to tie it up. And then uh, Minnesota, huge touchdown drive at the end, but Cincinnati answered. So, yeah, 24-24 high-scoring game. And uh, Minnesota with the ball at, at – uh, at midfield, and uh, Cincinnati has already possessed the ball. They won the coin toss. So Minnesota only needing a field goal here to win the game. And the other two games this morning at 8.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time, Pittsburgh against Indianapolis. And uh, then following that, just after midday here, Denver against Detroit, which looks to be a great game. We'll go through those two games when we do our Week 15 preview shortly. But I want to rewind, Chief, back to Thursday night football um, and uh, what has become easily the talking point of the last couple of days when the Raiders beat the Chargers 63-21. to They had a 42-0 to lead at halftime, the Raiders. There was no Justin Herbert for the Chargers. He's out for the rest of the season with uh, a broken finger, so Easton Stick was at quarterback. Um, the final stats, if you look at the, the stats on the stat sheet, it actually was very even, <laughs> uh, which is quite surprising by the end of the game. But the big standout number was the number of turnovers, five giveaways from the Chiefs, uh, from, from the Chargers, I beg your pardon. Um, the, the, the Raiders were clean. They didn't give the ball away at all. But ultimately, it sort of highlighted the ordinary season the Chargers have had. And uh, the day later, Brandon Staley, the head coach 
along with the general manager, Tom Telesco, were sacked by the Chargers. And I think I think for some Chargers fans, it had probably been, they probably knew that was coming, that Staley was going to get um, get sacked. And uh, I think, honestly, you know, you don't like seeing people lose their job, but I think ultimately that was the right move with the amount of talent that this Chargers team has, both on offense and defense. Staley was just not getting um, the, the, the maximum he could out of that Chargers team. No, absolutely. And I, you know, just little offhanded comments here and there by myself over the past few weeks have, have, you know, made it pretty clear how I feel about Brandon Staley, how he just not, uh, I don't think he's head coach material. I think he's failed. Uh, Justin Herbert, the starting quarterback, who's unfortunately hurt right now. And it looked like his team quit on him uh, in the first half of that game against the Raiders. And, um, just the tackling. It was just looks like there was moments where the defense didn't care to tackle, and obviously the turnovers, fumbles that where it just seemed like the ball carrier just didn't have uh, just that much will to hold on to it. So it was just uh, yeah, very uh, sad situation for the LA Chargers who don't have much of a fan base to begin with. I always talk when they have home games. Uh, the visiting team usually has more fans, and um, it's a it's a good. Uh, roster they have some interesting salary cap issues they're gonna have to lose some some of their top players but Justin Herbert's a star you know he doesn't have a major injury hopefully his finger will heal and he'll be back at the beginning of next year so it'll be it's a good open job for a a head coach I think to maybe see if they could do something with the LA Chargers do you think there's still time in this Chargers team I mean Justin Herbert's young um, but when you look at the other major pieces on their offensive makeup so Austin Eckler at running back Keenan Allen um, in a, a wide receiver. Mike Williams as well, not bad as a wide receiver, though injury prone. And then on defense as well, they've got a pretty good defensive, on paper anyway. Now, you know, the performance this season might say different, but I think on paper, you can get a, a good uh, a good showing from that defensive line. They've got Khalil Mack. They've got um, Joey Bosa on that team as well. I mean, that is there still time in, you know, if there was a, you know, a three-year or four-year sort of window, do you reckon there's a, a chance that they could open up a Super Bowl window in those couple of years with a new head coach? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, because of the quarterback. And, you know, uh, those defensive players you mentioned, Mack and Bo, so those are the salaries that are massive for next year. And I don't know if uh, if they could probably keep, uh, you know, they can't keep both of them. Very uh, difficult for the Chargers. But I, I do think the quarterback is the key. And you could find free agents. You could put pieces together. Uh, I think running back's kind of an easy position to fill. Um so I, I do think the LA Chargers uh, have have a the, the problem is the franchise has just had such terrible luck and poor management. Uh, so even though they they did I think hit a, hit with uh, Justin Herbert, uh, it's going to be tough going forward for them. The other talking point from the week, which uh, dominated headlines at the start of the week, was around the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, the comments from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes after they lost the game against the Bills last week. Uh, following a mistake from Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver, who uh, caught a lateral pass from Travis Kelsey to score what they thought was the game-winning touchdown. It was ruled off because Kadarius Tony was lined up in an offside position on the line of scrimmage. And uh, and the fallout afterwards was uh, was pretty severe from the Chiefs. They were clearly emotional about it in the immediate aftermath of the game. Patrick Mahomes' comments in the press conference, Andy Reid as well, they were all pretty critical of the officiating and and Mahomes was almost apoplectic at how the officials could, could rule that touchdown out. But um, ultimately, I thought the officials made the right call and I was a little bit surprised at the comments that uh, that Reid and Mahomes made. They've since been fined. In the last couple of hours, actually, the NFL said, said they're going to fine 
uh, those two for their comments. But um, I, I, you know, they can. There has been criticism of the officials this this year, but I thought that one was a clear and obvious one that they got right. I totally agree with you, Jordy. It was very clear. And and the, the issue they're having with is the, re- the wide receiver usually asks the official uh, if he's offsides. And the official give him a nod like yes or no. And if he's not, you, you always kind of see it. Then they'll take a, a few inches back and, and then look back at the official. Darius Tony looked over at the official once, but never looked back and never gave the official a chance to tell him he was offsides. And I, that was the mistake that was made. Kadarius Tony made the mistake. Obviously, lining up offsides was a mistake, but it's hard. And, and a lot of times, the, the wide receivers are. But they always check with the official, and you have to get that that nod that, that you're good. He never did. He never looked back. So that was his mistake. And I think the officials made the right decision. They threw the flag immediately. So the fact that it was an incredible play, an historic play, or whatever, after the fact doesn't matter. That, that play never happened. Once that flag is thrown, what you see after the fact never happened in reality, you know? So, uh, no, I think it's a clear mistake by Kadarius Tony. I think both Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes was wrong. I thought initially Patrick Mahomes was fuming at Kadarius Tony and then tried to maybe spin it later that he didn't want to be looked at as going after his own teammate that yeah, heavily. Yeah. That's what I initially had thought. But then, you know, in the press card, they've just pounded on the officiating. And, uh, I mean, other than Chiefs fans and maybe some some neutrals that are into this whole uh, uh, Travis Kelsey thing, uh, I think everyone's pretty much in agreement that the NFL made the right call. Week 15 of the NFL season is upon us, and we are now just four weeks from the end of the regular season. Week 18 is the last one, so 15, 16, 17, 18, and we're done and then into the playoffs. We have one full-time result already from this morning from our three games that have been scheduled uh, for today. So Saturday football, which is a little unusual. Get it occasionally, every so often throughout the season, particularly around Thanksgiving and all that. But uh, we have Cincinnati, who have beaten the Minnesota Vikings in overtime, 27-24, to with a field goal in overtime from Evan McPherson. And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals go to, what's that now, 8-6, and six on the season and the Vikings are seven and seven. So another important win in a competitive AFC conference for the Bengals chief. Yeah. Great win by them. Uh, Minnesota had control of this game. They had the ball in Cincinnati territory in the 40 yard line, third and one and back to back attempts at the, the tush push or the uh, brotherly shove in the Philadelphia uh, play that worked so well, both failed and Cincinnati took the ball over and, made a big uh, a couple offensive plays and kicked a short field goal to win the game. So um, I, I think, again, it pushes this discussion on this tush push. And, and this, if, it's, if one team does it well and other teams don't, uh, I think it's pretty clear that uh, it shouldn't be disallowed. If it was just automatic for every team, then it would be a problem. But, uh, yeah, great win for Cincinnati Bengals. Well, there was talk from the week from the NFL. Uh, I mean, the, the, the rumors, I suppose from the NFL world had been that, uh, you know, Roger Goodell is looking to ban the tush push. But then there was uh, some league executives that came out during the week. I think the executive vice president, a couple of the communications executives who came out and said, no, we're not looking to ban the tush push. And we've done some studies into uh, the perceived risk of injury and there really isn't any. So uh, are we sort of now, are we thinking, oh, maybe the tush push is here to stay? Well, I think it's going to be a very interesting and big debate in the off season. Though, yeah, we'll see. I think they're, they're come down to a vote uh, by the teams. I'm not exactly sure the process in the NFL, exactly the rule process, but I'm almost certain it's a team vote, and you need more than just a majority. 
So, uh, yeah, we'll see in the offseason how it goes and see also how important how it plays out the rest of the year as other teams try to copy it. Will teams be able to stop Philadelphia in a key spot? So we'll see. All right, let's have a look at the games for this week of NFL football. The headline game, in my opinion, is probably the Sunday night game between the Ravens and the Jags. The Ravens looking to end the regular season as the number one team in the AFC. They've certainly got a great claim to be that. And the Jags are going to make the playoffs, you'd suspect, unless something goes horrendously wrong. But they are 8-5 and five in the AFC South and uh, will be one of the big hitters in the AFC. Don't know if they'll be classed as a contender. They might just be maybe just a, a, a layer of quality short uh, this particular season, but they are on the right track to being contenders uh, in the years ahead. But this, nonetheless, is a big game. It's in Jacksonville as well, so the Jaguars have the home ground advantage, but the Ravens, um, I don't know if they go in as favourites officially, but I'd suspect just on the, on the feel of things, they probably would. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're you know almost three-and-a-half-point favourites, so uh, b- big favourites on the road. Jacksonville gets another primetime game. This is a night game that's been flexed to a night game. Uh, not the best of luck as uh, Jacksonville had that, that terrible loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, which doesn't look so bad now because Jake Browning has proven to not be a, a fluke. So uh, you've got to give Jacksonville a chance at home, certainly, but... Uh, Baltimore, the, the the better team, and, and uh, I think gets the win. Though I, I can see it being a very close game, and uh, I, I, you know I, I give Jacksonville a chance. Send through your text messages too. There's a couple that have come through here, which we'll weave into uh, into our preview. So if you've got a a question for the chief on your NFL team, I'll uh, I'll work it into this preview here. There's a couple that have come in already that I'll do so for. Uh, Dallas against Buffalo. This is in the later window on Sunday. So, oh, sorry, on uh, Monday our time. So, eight thirty Eastern Daylight Time here. Dallas ten and three. The Bills seven and six. The Cowboys off the back of a, a big win last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, are now looking for uh, top spot in the division and potentially the conference by season's ends. They are on a five-game winning streak, and uh, and they've got the Buffalo Bills ahead of them which shapes as a big game, and the Bills just have to keep on winning. They got one last week against the Chiefs, which was good. They've got to keep doing that now to the end of the season. Yeah, it's a, you know again, another must-win for the Bills. They're favorite at home. I'm looking at the weather, and it looks like it's going to be about like 10 degrees Celsius, which is <laughs> normally it's negative 10. <laughs> you know? this, is, uh, this is pretty uh, good conditions for Dallas to maybe pull off the slight upset, but I, I still like Buffalo. I think they're actually... Uh, the better team, and, and the fact that they really need to win, uh, and I'm you know big Josh Allen fan, so I, I'll take Buffalo at home, but uh, should be an, a really great game, and you know I expect plenty of points with two good quarterbacks. Coming up later today, at uh, just after midday here in Australia, Denver taking on Detroit, and uh, and the the Denver Broncos have been on that uh, that great form uh, in the in the latter part of the season. I'll get their record up. They're seven and six, but their last couple of weeks, they uh, lost to Houston a few weeks ago, but one, two, three, four, five, six. So six of their last seven games have been wins. Uh, that has been how good a form they've been in. And the Detroit Lions, nine and four, they've lost their last couple. Had a Well, actually, you tipped the Chicago Bears last week to beat the uh, the Lions, so uh, kudos to you, 28-13. And, uh, and Detroit's still in a healthy position, however, but um, this game is, uh, I think this will be a great game later on. Yeah, it really should be, and it's a spot where you have two good quarterbacks, uh, Russell Wilson with Denver and Jared Goff with uh, the Detroit Lions. Detroit four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, pretty fair line. I, I really don't have uh, 
much of an opinion on uh, how I think this game will be played. I just think it's it's one to watch though, or uh, follow along because it should be uh, should be very entertaining. And uh, yeah, yeah, perhaps perhaps more important for uh, for Denver. They are seven and six and locked with the Steelers, the Colts, the Texans, and the Bills on that win loss record, and all. Uh, in contention for a wild card spot. So it's probably more pivotal for the Denver Broncos than it is for the Lions, who have a good hold on the NFC North. Uh, at, coming up in a few minutes is uh, Pittsburgh against Indianapolis, uh, starting at 8.30, so about six minutes away. Um, a similar situation. Pittsburgh are in that logjam in the AFC, and Indianapolis are uh, are in there as well. Both are seven and six, and uh, they are taking up the seven and eight positions in the uh, in the AFC right now. So it's uh, it's valuable when this is almost... Uh, you'd probably almost say almost as critical as a, as a divisional matchup when you both got the same win-loss record. This is an important game coming up in a few moments. It is, yeah. Uh, Indianapolis just one-point favorites, the slightest of favorites. Again, these are very tough games to kind of pick. Uh, really could see kind of going either way. Uh, Gardner Minshew maybe has an edge, uh, just a little bit a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. So, yeah, maybe go with the better quarterback with uh, Gardner Minshew. But... Um, you're very even team. Uh, Philadelphia take on the Seattle Seahawks. The Eagles uh, still near the top of the NFC, uh, although they have now, with that loss to Dallas last week, dropped out uh, from the automatic uh, you know, top spot of the division qualifying position, and they are into the fifth seed uh, wildcard spot. And they take on the Seattle Seahawks, whose season has slipped away a little bit. They're six and seven now, and... Uh, although on the road, I'd still be tipping Philadelphia on uh, on Monday night. Yeah, we're not sure again who's going to be a quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke. Geno Smith really wants to play, but at least getting treatment round the clock for his multiple injuries. Uh, I give Seattle still a good chance, though. It's a very uh, good home field advantage. It's a primetime game Monday night. Uh, I like Seattle to pull off the upset. Uh Philadelphia really coming back down to earth. Uh, I like Seattle. Cleveland against the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears off a win last week. They're five and eight. The Browns are eight and five. And the Browns announced this week that Joe Flacco will start for the rest of the season. Uh, the Browns at home for me. Yeah, I might go the other way here. I, I, I like Justin Fields. I think he's really he's fighting for his his future with Chicago and who's going to have almost fir- certainly the first overall pick and a choice of any quarterback in the draft. So I think Justin Fields is playing uh, some uh, great football. It's amazing what Joe Flacco has done, just coming off the couch and, and being so successful. And I know how great the Cleveland defense is, but uh, I'm going to go with Chicago here. You like Chicago, don't you? I do. I, I think they're, the, the, the new head coach is pretty solid. Um, I think their defense is pretty good. And, I, you know, I wasn't a fan of them before just when Justin Fields was hurt and they were going with a, a very unknown uh, Tyler Badgent. But uh, I, I, I'm a fan of them when Justin Fields is on the, uh, on the field. Tampa Bay take on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, both teams are six and seven. Both have had uh, kind of different stories throughout the season. The Buccaneers had a huge losing streak in the middle of the campaign. though They've won their last two games, <clears throat> both against divisional opponents as well. And the Packers uh, went from um, having a, a big losing streak, but they've been winning their last couple of games to beat the Chargers, the Lions, and the uh, and the Chiefs. But they did lose to the Giants last week and looking to get back on the winners list. Uh, both teams six and seven, as I said. Currently, their uh, playoff uh, positions are well. Tampa Bay is on top of the uh, NFC South right now, so they have that uh, automatic spot in the uh, in the playoffs. While the Packers 
have uh, right now uh, just sneaking into the seven position uh, in the NFC. So another important game between two teams in playoff contention, but both with losing records. Yes, uh, Green Bay three and a half point favorites at home. Again, very mild weather, so not the, the home field advantage you would think in December with Green Bay playing a team from Florida and Tampa Bay. But uh, I think uh, Green Bay will bounce back. I, I think they actually played pretty well on Monday night. It's just, the Giants has had played you know a, a better game. And uh, I, you know, I always kind of think home field is still very important. So, uh, yeah, losing on the road is maybe not the worst thing, but they're back home. So I would think Green Bay gets a win. No C.J. Stroud this week. He's been ruled out with a concussion uh, concussion protocol for C.J. Stroud for the Houston Texans as they travel to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans, who are 5-8. and eight. The Texans are 7-6 and six and have a 2-4 and four away record this season. So the Titans, you'd give them a big chance now this week without C.J. Stroud and a questionable Nico Collins too. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh... Yeah, Tank Dell, uh, the wide receiver, he's out for the rest of the year for the Houston Texans, so not nearly the weapons for Case Keenum, who's a veteran uh, backup quarterback in the NFL. He's played a lot. Uh, but Will Levis coming off uh, one of the bigger upsets in uh, recent NFL history, beating the Miami Dolphins as two touchdown underdogs. And, uh, you know, pretty much uh, a total shocker, down 14 points with three minutes to go, two touchdown drives by the rookie Will Levis, who is – Really looking like, uh, you know, maybe he was a steal in the draft. Someone was supposed to go near the top and fell and fell and Tennessee grabbed him. Um, and this is, a, I, I think, a great spot for Tennessee. Um, they're going to be wearing the Houston Oilers throwback uniform against the Houston Texans, <laughs> which is just really off in a lot of ways. Uh, but, I, yeah, I still like Tennessee. Even though I, they're probably still partying from that win in Miami. That's the only fear yeah. I have here. But uh, I'll, I'll go with Tennessee. Case Keenum, uh, 35 years old, in his third different spell with the Texans. He's been around, uh, he's had 10 different tenures in the league across a couple of different teams. So, uh, veteran uh, Case Keenum. Uh, the New York Jets take on Miami, Miami at home. Yeah, you got to think they bounce back after uh, just a terrible loss, a, a game that they're really kicking themselves uh, about, you know, losing. Obviously, massive favorites, but had the game. So, uh, you got to think they bounce back. The Jets had their. A great performance. Kind of be surprised to see them duplicate that. Uh, Miami just just eight and a half point favorites. Not just, but um, if this if this the line, I'm sure after I mean before last week's results would have Miami as much bigger favorites. Uh, so I'm going to go with Miami to win by double digits. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs travel up to Boston to take on New England's against uh, against the Patriots. So the Patriots have now been eliminated. Uh, from uh, playoff contention, which is no great surprise, but it's just been made official now. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, as we spoke about before, coming off the loss against Buffalo, where they uh, thought they were hard done by in the dying stages. Uh, so they'll want to get a big win on the road. And uh, New England, well, there's a text that came in before from Sean in Bond Beach, who says, thoughts on the next 12 months for the Patriots, and especially Belichick as a Pats fan. I've loved him, but it just seems like he's lost his Midas touch. Is it time to go? Yeah, and it seems like that'll be the case. The reports are nothing official, but reports are that uh, uh, it's going to come to the end of the run for Bill Belichick in New England, and it, it seems like the right time. Uh, I think he'd be better off, uh, I think, in a more established program instead of rebuilding um, something from scratch, which needs to be completely rebuilt in New England. Uh, this game against Kansas City was 
set for prime time, but was flexed to, to just kind of shocking when you think about it in terms of how um, this rivalry was just a handful of years ago. Uh, at the beginning stages of Patrick Mahomes' career, played some great games against the New England Patriots, but uh, sad what it's become. Uh, Kansas City, eight-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, and I think after last week, uh, they'll be focused and ready to go, and I, I think should have no problem uh, winning the game in New England. The New York Giants traveled to New Orleans. A text from Ash who said, Hey, Chief, our Giants are in playoff contention. Who would have thought? Beat the Saints this week. And the dream is alive. What are your thoughts on the playoff? Uh, sorry, on the play of Tommy Cutlett's Devito? No surprise. As soon as the O line starts a performance, Saquon is healthy. We look competitive, says Ash off the text. Yeah, the Giants just uh, now one win behind uh, some teams in the wild card positions in the NFC. Yeah. Oh, and there were some games they really should have won. Giants should have beat the Jets. Really should have beaten Buffalo. They could have had just well, maybe one more win and really, really been uh, a chance. Uh, could be getting down Darren Waller, the tight end back. The receivers have had uh, some some great plays too. So the Giants' offense definitely improving. The defense really solid. And Dexter Lawrence, the uh, defensive tackle, actually just rated the number one uh, player by Pro Football Focus this year. Uh, but this is a very tough spot. You know, coming off a Monday night win, going to New Orleans, a tough place to play. Great home field advantage in New Orleans. So unfortunately, I think New Orleans gets this win. They're uh, Five and a half point favorites, and you know, unfortunately, I think they win by more than that. And uh, yeah, the Giants, I, I don't think they're going to have any chance of making the playoffs. But uh, it's been impressive the past few weeks, and, and definitely building a winning culture. Carolina are hosting the Atlanta Falcons this week. Carolina were eliminated officially last week, uh, and the Falcons are now locked in this battle at the top of the uh, of the NFC South with Tampa Bay and and New Orleans as well, all uh, teams on six and seven, which is just incredible that you've got three teams on the same win-loss record, although it's not an impressive win-loss record, six and seven. But uh, still, it means things are tight and tense in the NFC South. Do you think the Falcons are the best of those three teams? Wow. Uh, probably. I don't think they have the best coach. That maybe is an issue. They probably have the best talent, certainly the best offensive talent. With uh, Drake London be, uh, at wide receiver, Bijan Robinson the running back, and Kyle Pitts the tight end, I, and and I like the quarterback. I think he's solid, Desmond Ritter. Uh, this should be a win for Atlanta in Carolina. Carolina just like they haven't gotten the boost when they fired the head coach, like we've seen with Las Vegas, and um, hopefully the, the LA Chargers actually start maybe playing some pretty good games now that they're going to have a new head coach. It seems to help teams a bit, but it, it doesn't even help Carolina. That's how sad the the Carolina Panthers situation is. The Rams hosting the Commanders. There was a report from the Athletic this week that uh, Washington could be looking to fire Ron Rivera, the head coach, at the end of the season, along with a couple of others as well. They are 4-9 and nine this season, the Commanders. Do you think that'll happen? Yeah, Washington will, I think, have a total overhaul. Uh, the new owner is going to come in. Uh, uh, Josh Harris, I believe his name, took over for Dan Snyder, who's one of the, the worst owners in recent um, U.S. sports history, and really is going to want to put his own stamp. I mean, the possibility of maybe Bill Belichick, if he wants to try to go rebuild the program, that could be a place to go. Um, he's got connections in the, the Maryland uh, area. Uh, it wouldn't be shocking to see maybe Bill Belichick take over in Washington. Uh, you would think the Rams here have a huge, uh, huge edge, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, so I would, I would expect the Rams to win and win by more than a touchdown.
And finally, San Francisco, the first team to officially clinch a playoff position uh, last week. So they've got the little, uh, little lowercase x next to their name to signify that when you look at the standings. Uh, they take on Arizona this week. So it's 1v15 in the NFC and uh, and San Francisco will be heavy favorites on the road, I'd assume. Yeah, 12 and a half and massive favorites. Um, even with Kyler Murray playing for the Arizona Cardinals, yeah, you'd expect San Francisco to win. Win and, you know, probably win by uh, two touchdowns or more. Brief college football update. We are now into... Uh, into the, uh, the the postseason, I guess, or bowl season as it's officially known. So the regular season done, and now it's uh, we're just building up basically for the the new year six, and then also the college football playoffs. But uh, bowl season officially begun, Chiefs. So the first games today, but um, they are sort of lower stakes uh, bowl games. So the the real the real good stuff isn't for another week or so. Yeah, and uh, just really exhibition games and kind of really just designed for the gambler, really. And, uh, or if you're, you know, yeah, you really love the sport. But, uh, yeah, not, not the biggest deal. Last week, the Heisman Trophy was won by LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. This happened a couple of hours after we finished our show uh, last Sunday. So we get a chance to talk about it now. Jaden Daniels, quarterback for the, for the LSU uh, Tigers, and uh, it was um, one that uh, I think a lot of people thought was coming. You predicted it on the show last week. Jaden Daniels, someone who's thought he will go probably, what, top five, top ten in the draft next year? Yeah, I think maybe top, you know, five to 15. Uh, probably maybe the third or fourth quarterback taken. It's, it's a deep quarterback class uh, with Caleb Williams, uh, Drake May, uh, I, I just... Uh, was Drake May? Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, because his brother played college basketball uh, at uh, North Carolina. So he's going to be entering the draft. Uh, they're going to be at the top. Uh, uh, and then Jane Daniels, Michael Penix, who came second in the uh, Heisman Trophy voting. Uh, he'll, he'll be also possibly in the mix. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks in the, uh, in the NFL draft, and, and we saw a couple of them uh, at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Excellent. Yep. So the uh, Jaden Daniels gets the Heisman Trophy, and uh, and this bowl season, the main uh, bowls will be uh, in the week between uh, Christmas and New Year's, and then just on the other side of New Year's as well. A couple on New Year's Day, uh, the main uh, bowls to look out for. NBA has been interesting this week, Chief. There's been a couple of a uh, couple of controversies that have happened around the league, starting off with Draymond Green suspended indefinitely by the NBA for striking Phoenix Sun center Yusuf Nurkic in the face a couple of days ago um, in their match, the Warriors match against the Suns. Indefinite suspension, uh, quote, takes into account Green's repeated history of unsportsmanlike acts. Um, he will be required to meet certain league and team conditions before he returns to play, the NBA said. I mean, this is just another incident in the long line of incidents with Draymond Green. And, uh, and finally, the NBA have uh, at long last maybe... Put the foot down on Draymond Green. What'd you make of it? It was a pretty nasty hit. It was a, it was a full sort of spinning hand to the to the underside of the face, almost the chin of, of Yusuf Nurkic. A uh, bit of a nasty incident. And the NBA have, have ruled Green out indefinitely until he's, uh, I don't know, I don't know what they're looking for. Cleaned up his behavior. He's, what, 33 years old or something like that. But, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think they're going to ask for some, you know, counseling, some... Uh, different, you know, programs or something along those lines before he'll be eligible, Draymond Green, to play again in the NBA for the uh, Golden State Warriors. And he said, you know, he'll, he'll admit if he meant to do it. He'll, he never apologizes for things he meant to do. So he did apologize for this. But the fact that 
you can you can have that action. And if it was again a player that didn't have a history of it, it, it would probably be a one game suspension. But because of his history and because that he just seems to default to putting other players in danger, like that's his default strategy on the court. And obviously he has history uh, hurting his own teammate off the court. And um, yeah, I, I really do think that the Warriors have let this go on too long. I believe I, I blame the head coach, Steve Kersum. And I, I think the NBA made a, a right decision in, in benching and putting him uh, on the sideline, Draymond Green, for a little while. The other uh, highlight from the week is, uh, and one that should have just been a highlight, and that's that, was uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo scoring 64 points. His career high, a franchise record for the Milwaukee Bucks, an incredible uh, individual performance scoring 64 in a, in a big win as well. It was 140 to 129, I think it was, against Indiana uh, midweek. Uh, firstly, the achievement is is sensational, but it was marred at the end by the by the controversy of uh, of the Pacers uh, snatching away the match ball for one of their rookie players, um, and Giannis, uh, Giannis getting a little or taking uh, exception to that, um, and then racing down the tunnel to try and go and receive it. But nonetheless, sixty four points is uh, is an amazing uh, jewel in the uh, in the in the crown, the ongoing crown that he is building for himself in his career, Giannis. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of his, uh, the, the Greek freak, and. Uh, I think he, that what he did, though, was completely uh, immature, and he, he usually does show uh, a general amount of maturity. He's a, he's a great young man. He's a, obviously a phenomenal basketball player, but the way he acted after the game was very shameful. I'm, um, you know, it's a, it's a game ball. You figure it out after the fact. I think, I guess, he must have felt very disrespected that um, what happened, but evidently the, the actual game ball was grabbed by a, a buck security guard from the jump, and they always had possession of it. And the Indiana took the backup ball, <laughs> which was the you know, it is kind of some silly controversy. And then, uh, last night, uh, Jalen Brunson of the New York Knicks and one of the, the all time great scoring performances, scoring 50, 50 points on just 23 field goal attempts, nine for nine from three point. Uh, range in a, in a great upset win for the New York Knicks to win in Phoenix. And at the end of the game, Julius Randle had the ball in his hands and made sure that he never gave it up yeah. so he could <laughs> give it to his teammate and Jalen Brunson earned the, earned the game ball uh, and uh, actually got it without controversy. But yeah, great, still great, great performance for Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, 64 points. And hopefully he apologizes and uh, moves on. Yeah, roughly, uh, what, a quarter of the way through the season or so. And uh, the Bucks are sitting second in the East, just behind the Boston Celtics with the 76ers, the Magic, the Knicks, and the Pacers rounding out the top six in the East, while in the West, uh, Minnesota on top 18-5, and five, narrowly in front of the Denver Nuggets, followed by OKC, Dallas, Sacramento, and Houston as well uh, in the Western uh, Conference. The Golden State Warriors are down in 11th outside of those play-in positions. Chief, we've got about a minute left. Just want to touch on the uh, ice hockey for a second, the NHL. Craig Berube, who won the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues a couple of years ago, was sacked uh, during the week after a big loss against the Red Wings. I've got a, uh, a standing coach now, a fill-in, but uh, was that a surprise that a, a guy who won the Stanley Cup only a couple of years ago was, as a coach was let go? A little bit, yeah, uh, but that happens in the NHL. NHL is a lot quicker to flip coaches, and it's sad to see. We actually, Craig Ruby and I share a nickname. He is the, he is the chief as well. <laughs> so uh, sad to see him go. Hopefully he'll find a job pretty quickly in the NHL. Absolutely, yeah. 2019 was the year that they won the Stanley Cup. The St. Louis Blues, the first uh, uh, Stanley Cup for the, uh, for the organization. 
Uh, UFC 296 today, a big card. Main event, Leon Edwards against Colby Covington coming up later on as well. Uh, so, big show. Make sure to podcast at sen.com.au. Chief, thank you. Thank you. We'll catch you again next week on the All-American Hour. Thank you.